Hey everyone, I am Reva and just want to take a moment and thank you for listening to our studio podcast. Although we are here in Greenville, South Carolina, we are grateful for your support to see the message of Jesus go out all over the world. In case you are not aware, we have a YouTube channel, which you can find the link in our podcast bio. We hope you enjoy this week's talk and it encourages you and it helps you to be the human God designed you to be. So with that, let's get right to it. Okay, well, we are finishing up. This is the final, final message in our series, Strong Faith, Contagious Hope and Enduring Love. And uh, last week, Eric kicked off the final portion with Love for the City. He did a great job of just expanding our thinking uh, to be aware of looking at our city. He asked a powerful question. Should we care about the cities we live in or just live in them? Like, mm, good things to think about. Uh, he shared God's narrative on humanity, Genesis 1, talking about at the very, after God created everything, he looked at it and said it was um, very good. He talked about Nehemiah and Nehemiah rebuilding the walls and how God is looking for someone who cares. Even that one statement, you just sit there and go, Huh, what does that mean for me? Where am I at in that question? So I love to um, ask questions, and even Eric's questions were very provoking. And we're just going to take this a little bit further. This is probably one of, my, one of my favorite things to talk about is cities, communities, family. Um, it's the stuff that makes life really rich. And I have enjoyed so much the cities that I've lived in and places that I've visited. I think about when I was in college, Eric and I lived in Santa Cruz, California, one of my favorite places. I love so much about that city. You know, what makes cities great? I think it's the people, it's the location, but it's also the vision, the culture, the values of the city. And in Santa Cruz, I love it because it has a very local feel. So it's just not far from San Jose, from Silicon Valley, but there's this local feel there. They value things that are made locally to where you can go into spaces. Local shops are shopped out just as much or more than Costco. I know that's a really weird thought. But it's because they want to support the people that actually live there and it's supporting local economy. And it's this value system that is so strong. It's just really fun that things like farmers markets pop up because then they're wanting to, they care about organic and local and then supporting one another. There's a lot of co-ops. It's a beautiful outdoor space. So there's the redwoods come down to the ocean. It's just a gorgeous area. And um, we were looking at bike, or we had to take a bike in yesterday to get serviced, and we were looking, they have specialized bikes, and I saw Santa Cruz bikes. Do you know Santa Cruz bikes? They came from Santa Cruz because there's beautiful mountains and mountain biking. That was one of the birthplaces of mountain biking. Probably not far from here, too. Um, was another birthplace, probably. <laughs> but um, I just love that space. I love what's been cultivated there. When Eric and I our 10-year wedding anniversary, we were like, what should we do? We decided, let's go back to where we met, because Eric proposed to me at the lighthouse in Santa Cruz. So we went back there, and we rented a tandem bike for our 10-year wedding anniversary. And I tell you, I challenge you, we're going to invite you, marriage counseling or riding a tandem bike together. <laughs> But we had such a fun time. But the culture just, you just kind of screamed back at us riding this tandem bike. For whatever reason, the tandem bike that we rented had flames going down it. And we rode it all over the city. And people were like, yeah, and were cheering at us. And they would stop and go, no, please, you go. And we're like, awesome. I mean, we must have looked like a sight. 
But all of that spoke vision, culture, values for the place that we were at. People weren't wanting to run us over or, or they, they were giving us the right of way because it's a value of that city and that land. See, every city has culture and values and it's the people that live there are a big part of that. It's the location where they're at that make up the city as well. Um, and then it's even how we go about. One of the things I love about Greenville is I feel safe in the specific, I can tell there's a value for safety because in the spaces around downtown, but even around schools, you see a lot of police presence. You see, I'm like, oh, that has to be a choice because I haven't seen that in every city that I've been in. I'm like, oh, I'm thankful for that culture and that value. Um, I remember when our girls were young, we lived in Weaverville, small 3,000 people town. And when they were young, before they were in school, we would go to this community garden and someone decided to do a community garden. Then they got a grant and they worked really hard to make this all happen so we could all enjoy it. They planted a strawberry garden that all the kids could go um, always partake in. They got to work in it, got to eat everything from it. People could rent a plot if they didn't have a spot to garden at their apartment or at their house. And it was such a wonderful thing. I'm like, gosh, I'm so thankful for community. I'm so thankful for what people are willing to invest in and to give that we get to enjoy and partake of. Because that's what happens in a city. That's what happens in community when we live with people other than just ourselves. Other places that stand out to me, there's a place in um, Oregon called Bend, Oregon. And I go there and it was so inspiring because of what has been built and um, what they uh, have created there. They have a river that goes through it and they created, I don't even know what it's called, but they just created a wave because of what they put um, in the river. I'm assuming it's not like I went in the river, to, but I watched it, just the wave comes up and people can come and surf there anytime they want for free because there's a natural wave that happens when the water runs over it. I'm like, that is so genius. I wonder who thought of that. I'm just so thankful for what people create. And then even in Reading, so Reading is surrounded by a lot of um, just, it's in a Valley, but there's a lot of mountains around it. And there are so many bike trails, so many trails for days and days, and days, because there's not as many people. Once you leave the city, it's just a lot of woods and trails. And um, someone or lots of different people have cut so many trails that we get to ride on and enjoy like miles and miles and hundreds of miles of trails. And we would ride all over. And I'm like, I am so thankful. Whoever had the vision for this, thank you. And then he's like, whoever actually put the time and energy and actually did this, thank you. Because those things don't just happen. And so today, we're going to just dive a little deeper in things that I love. I love cities. I love the places where we get to dwell. And I know that it's important to God. I know it's important um, where we live and... Um, and I think it's, we come in, we worship God, we give him our hearts, he gives us love, he sets us free, but it wasn't just for ourselves. Like he places us somewhere and was never meant to stop with us. And so we live in this beautiful place and wherever you live in proximity to Greenville or whatever city you live in, um, my heart for today is that God just continues to expand our value for where we live, that he expands our value for things outside of ourselves, which is a lot. I and mean, we're in a very um, emotional health is a really big thing in the last few years. I think probably maybe since COVID, but even before that, which I love that. I always want to be healthy in every area. Um, but sometimes as 
things get, I guess the pendulum kind of swings in a lot of things. When you talk health, when you talk um, trends, um, the medicine, but with emotional health, what I also don't ever want to get trapped by is that we ever stop by just focusing on ourselves. Because we were never meant to just focus on ourselves, because that's when things get not healthy. You think it's healthy, but it's like, oh, look at me. I wonder how I'm feeling, how I'm doing. And I actually forgot how to look at anybody else because I only look at myself and I'm aware of what I do and what my kids are doing. I'm like, that is the opposite of what makes actually healthy families and healthy cities. It's because we never learn to actually contribute or give beyond ourselves or actually have eyes to see anyone else. And so, Lord, help us to grow and to expand our capacity this morning. What I find interesting too is that, so we're in a room full of people. You guys are going to elevate the spaces that you live in. I know you're going to impact where you're at just by being who you are. Um, you're going to play key roles in elevating others in, in this city. Um, and the interesting thing is the challenge that when God often, when God calls us, he starts with what we have. He starts by using us and um, it's interesting, like watching Moses. So he calls Moses to come deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses goes through the process of, are you sure me? Like, how are you going to know? How are they going to know that? Like, I really heard from God. And he goes, well, what's in your hand? That was the first question God asked. So God's questions are important. What's in your hand? So Moses is asking God a question because he knows, gosh, I actually have a calling. There's something I'm supposed to do. What's in your hand? It's a rod. Throw it down. It's a snake. Pick it up. It goes, he starts with Moses. What do you have? And then I look again, disciples, Jesus is going to, um, he's ministering. They're having a big meeting. It's getting late. The disciples are like, these people have been here for a long time. This is a desolate place. Let's go let them, they need to go eat. And he said, um, actually you give them something to eat. I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting answer, or interesting answer to a question. You give him something to eat. And he's like, well, we just have um, loaves and fishes. We only have five and two. Um, that's not enough to feed everybody. So Jesus gave them to me. He, breaks, he thanks them, thanks God, breaks the bread, and it gets multiplied. But it's so interesting what starts, where he starts with, is with us. And what I want to challenge us with is often we disqualify ourselves because we can see what the problem is but we don't think we have the solution. And we're all in this room. We all live in some neighborhood. We all live in some city. We um, are in different people's lives and we get to, we see different things. Even Eric talked about this. It's easy to complain and see what's wrong. And I'm like, yes, even Steven. I, even Steven, that's funny, huh? <laughs> Steven mentioned as well, like that's just something he can always see what needs to, needs help. But I believe that that is the starting place and I believe it starts with us. If we see the problem, the next thing is like, okay, God, do I have anything that could be of help? And often we just disqualify or discredit ourselves because we think, what can this do? Is this really gonna be enough? But that's all it takes. God just says, what's in your hand? What do you have? Well, I only have just some fish and some loaves. This couldn't be enough for everybody. But with God, he starts with what we have. So let us be people that, that have an ability to see beyond ourselves, but also that we could see what's in our hand. That's my prayer this morning, is that as we are here, but even as we walk away, that we begin to be aware of the things that stand out to us, the things that our eyes see, but also what we have in our hands. Yeah. Um, when I was, I'm not going to mention the organization, but um, when our kids were younger, there was an organization, and I was 
let's say a little bit bothered by the lack of excellency that I would see in this organization. And I'd be like, man, they should do this. And, oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to help them, but kind of not. Like, I just, this is a little bit of a mess. Come on, do better, guys, do better. And then, of course, after like a few months, they called them like, hey, would you be on our board? And I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be on your board. You guys need help. <laughs> So, of course, I prayed, I talked to a couple of friends, and yes, I I said, and you won't be able to find, I've been on lots of different boards, Um, but uh, I said yes, and I served on their board for a long time, but that's where God allowed me the things that I was um, bothered by, the things that I saw. He let me be, have the opportunity to actually step in and put my hand to something that, um, where I saw a need, and, and it was, I was thankful to have the opportunity to sit in those meetings and to go, well, have we thought about this? And I'm not going to mention anything specific because then you would know what arena I'm talking about. Um, but it was a good opportunity. So there are so many people in the Bible and so many people in history that inspire me. There's actually so many people who sit in this room who inspire me. I thought about, I could just call some people up and ask, have them share what they do and what their heart is. And you would be inspired by so many of you that give and serve and elevate people's lives around you. Uh, a couple that I want to, I would just want to mention a couple different ones. Uh, first, Joe. Joseph, I talked about him recently, but Joseph inspires me on so many different levels, but I want to just mention about his life. What inspires me is his life saved so many people because of um, how God used him. Egypt was saved from famine, but even neighboring countries were saved. Even his own family was saved. Um, It's the journey that inspires me. See, Joseph had gifts. He had dreams. God gave him the interpretation of dreams. He was intelligent. He was trustworthy. That's why even when he was sold into slavery, uh, Potiphar, he was in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar put him in authority over all of his household because he was intelligent. He was trustworthy. And then even when he gets put in prison, the same thing, he has a lot of favor with the prison guard and with the fellow prisoners because of who he was. So he was gifted. He was a man of character and heart. And the thing that sticks out to me the most about him is the heart and character. It's because of this that his family was saved because his family was the one that sold him as brothers. He had 11 brothers. They sold him, um, actually they put him in a pit um, and then sold him into slavery. And um, it was those very brothers that were hungry for food. And um, because Joseph was in a place uh, with Pharaoh, he actually, in a place of authority, he was able to be a place of provision for the very brothers that actually meant to kill him, but then sold him into slavery instead. I'm like, if I was put in that position, what would I do? It's like the, what would Jesus do? What would Candace do? I would hope to think that I would be willing to forgive and to be gracious, but that's exactly what Joseph did. He was so gracious and kind. Um, and I read this, I think last week or the week before, but this verse specifically shows you how much forgiveness um, Joseph walked in and he let go. In Genesis 50, verse 20, after Joseph's dad died, his brothers got really afraid because Joseph was in power in Egypt and his brothers had come and they thought, oh no, now that our dad is gone, um, what is Joseph gonna do to us? (laughs) Because we basically have been really, we've acted wrong. And Joseph responds to them, but as for you, uh, you meant evil against me. Joseph telling his brother, but God meant it uh, for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people's lives. 
or to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Can you guys say comforted? comforted. And spoke kindly. That's a huge thing. That shows me like, oh, you can't do that unless you forgive and let go. And the question I have for us when we're talking about being a blessing where we live and serving the cities where we're at is what are we willing to forgive and heal from and release so that God can use us to be a blessing? That's the question. And we sit here and we have dreams and great aspirations and then there's real life. Real life, and I, believe, I would not be surprised, the very thing that you have, that to actually move forward and to give it, that we're gonna have to walk through a level of healing. Even things that have come against us in life, sometimes those are gonna be the very spaces and places that we um, have solutions and that we have provision if we're willing to let go and to let go of what has happened to us. So first challenge. Um, and then the other per- another person that sticks out to me is Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa is just someone who I've always looked up to, what she gave her life to. Uh, she was a missionary nun in the streets of Calcutta, India. She dedicated her life to serving the poor, sick, orphaned, and dying. For over 45 years, she ministered to the poor, uh, sick, orphaned, dying. And at the, same, at the time of her death, she ran over 500 missions in over 100 countries, including hospices and homes for people with HIV, AIDS, leprosy, and tuberculosis, soup kitchens, family, children's counseling programs, orphanages, and schools. During her lifetime, Mother Teresa became the world's most recognizable symbol of selfless charity. Super, super inspiring uh, what she chose to do with her life. There's a quote um, from her that says, I alone cannot change the world, but I can cast a stone across the waters to create many ripples. And I think about being in India and how overwhelming that must be to see that much need. Like just helping one person, what does this do? I'm like, oh, the heart of God. God, give us your heart that we wouldn't be overwhelmed and even paralyzed by the need that we see or even the challenges that we see, but we would be aware of who you are and what you've put in our hands. That's my prayer today is that God would give us strength, give us courage, but also eyes to see. And eyes to see beyond ourselves. I believe that health, God wants to move through us. So he wants us to be loved, to be valued, to be healthy but also it was never meant to stop with us. Help us, Lord. And then the last one I just want to mention is uh, the, probably the most recent. Uh, is, it's a different bent and a different angle because we can impact societies and cities in so many ways, but it's the story of Chip and Joanna Gaines and Magnolia. Waco, Texas. Do you guys know what Waco, Texas was known for before Magnolia? You guys are laughing. <laughs> there's just like a lot of different things. There's education there, different universities. So there are many things that can be known for. But they have had such an impact on that place. And I know I went and looked at articles. And any place, of course, people are like, they're raising up the home prices. And because it's a desirable place now. I'm like, oh, yes, change is hard. We live in a place that's changing right now. And so whether we like it or not, it is elevating the space though. And I, um, it started in 2003 with a storefront. And do you know what it said? That one of their um, core values and things was just the value of home. That's what um, helped them to even get started. They started a storefront and then a realty company and were flipping houses because they, home was so important to them. They wanted to help elevate other people's homes. I'm like super, super inspiring. 
They have, there's huge company after they did Fixer Upper Show 2013 to 17. Um, and then they began the Magnolia Silos. Um, their manifesto says, we believe in human kindness, knowing we are made better when we all work together. We believe in courage, in cartwheeling past our comfort zones and trying something a little bit scary every day. Give us courage. I'm like, these are people who are doing this stuff. Um, so just want to inspire us today. Uh, we are in a space that is uh, in the middle of transition right now and transformation. And we, as we're here in whatever space that we're in, but even specifically here, what I want us to ask today is, Lord, what have you placed in our hands? And it's going to be different for all of us, but super valuable to God and to the people around us if we can ask those cities. Um, what makes the people, so we make cities great is the people, the locations, the culture, city values. But what kind of people? Is it just any kind of people that make cities great? I just want to say three things to encourage us. Uh, people that make cities great are people who are responsible People that are responsible actually add and not just take. Uh, even as Shana was talking about, I think about who started YMCA. What a cool organization for families, for kids, uh, for initiating health. Who started a lot of the missions in the cities that serve the underprivileged and people in need? Who started farmers markets? Who started um, dream centers? It's people who are thinking and they are being responsible. And secondly, people who want to contribute. Those are my favorite people to be around. Not just people who are like, oh yeah, that's great. There's, there's a need over there and I'm just gonna drive home. But like, actually, I could plant a tree. Oh, I could pick up that garbage. Who's like the reedy garbage picking up club that I always see. I'm like, who's actually going to those uh, Saturdays and picking up trash to keep Greenville looking beautiful? I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for, for willing to uh, contribute. And then lastly, it's also people who are willing to sacrifice. Because I can tell you that doing all those things, they're going to not be always convenient. Like, what would you like to do on a Saturday? I would like to sleep in. I would like to clean my house. I would like to go hiking. Well, would you be willing to give a Saturday to clean up a river? Would you be willing to give a Saturday to mow a neighbor's lawn? Those are people who are willing to contribute, but also willing to sacrifice. And I just want to also challenge us. Let us be people who are responsible. Let's be people who are willing to contribute and willing to sacrifice. Um, I have one, I don't think we've done any slides, but the last slide, there's a um, bullseye and just a visual. This X in the middle is us. And then as we go out, there's families, neighbors, church, city, world. As Mother Teresa talks about the ripple, my question I want to ask us is, who is our ripple going to affect in our life by our decisions? Who's our ripple going to affect? And the last questions I want to leave us with is, um, what do I want us to ask ourselves? What do I have to give? And you can write this down because you can go back and pray about this. As we are in church and we're going after this series, we're going after the Lord, we want to create a space where God and people meet where beautiful things are shaped, formed, and created, it's never meant just to stay in this room. We were called to be salt. We were called to be light, to go out. Those are things that actually affect other things besides ourselves. So what do I have to give? 
What can I contribute and what can I sacrifice? It's an honor to be able to do these things. And in every space and season of our life, it's gonna be different. Sometimes we're gonna have just our talent. Sometimes it might be money. Sometimes it might be ideas. Sometimes it might be just courage. You're gonna give courage to people or even hope. It could look like so many different things. Let's be people who give. Let's be people who contribute and who are willing to sacrifice. Why don't you stand with me? We're gonna wrap up. I wanna pray. Just in closing, so how can we serve humanity and love our cities better? The first one is let's take time to pray for our city and for those in leadership. And leadership in a lot of different areas. It could be people who are leading the city, people who are leading businesses, people who are leading churches. It could be our teachers and educators. It could be our artists. I mean, it's not just in one area. It could be people who are taking care of those in need. It, all of those spaces elevate and impact our society greatly. The people who are even our artists, what they're creating, what are they inspired with? Pray for our artists. So let's make sure what we're praying for our people And I also want to take a moment just to pray that God would give us his heart for the city. That we wouldn't just be like, oh, I know we need to do this, but God, break our heart for what breaks your heart. Set our heart on fire for what your heart is set on fire for. That we'd be a people that actually can live beyond ourselves and grow us in generosity. That's my prayer as well. Generosity, not just in money, but generosity of heart, generosity in what we uh, see. So we're just going to pray and, um, yeah, but you can put your hand on your heart. I actually, I love praying for our hearts because I know that that's where everything flows from. Yeah, so Lord, thank you. Thank you for this heart beating in our chest. Thank you for who you've created us to be. And thank you for where you've placed us. God, I ask for, um, for your heart right now. And even as we're talking about cities, humanity, people, God, that we'd be a people that look like you. Yeah, that you would grow us and expand us beyond ourselves. God, I pray that you'd give us eyes to see other people, the eyes to see uh, the places that we're driving, the people that we are interacting with in our work, at the grocery store, on the street, in businesses. Yeah, thank you, Lord. And I ask that you would give us your heart. God, I pray for the leaders of Greenville and in this Greenville County, in this area. God, that you would give them wisdom, that you would uh, bring good leaders here, bring people who have a large capacity to give. I thank you, God, for just your provision. I pray for wisdom for the leadership here. I pray for wisdom and solutions, for roadways, for growing uh, population. Uh, God, I pray for health over our leaders and protection Yeah, Lord, and I ask for everybody here, God, that you would show us who you've created us to be and show us what's in our hand. Yeah, as we're sitting here, God, show us what we have to give this week, whether it be words, whether it be time, action, talent. Yeah, I pray that you would show us what we can give this week. God, and teach us to be a people um, who are generous and can live and give more than just to ourselves. Yeah, so we give, you, we give you our heart, we give you our hands. Yeah, we give you our today and our tomorrow. God, and I ask that you would make us a people who um, are a blessing, God. Yeah. 
And this is a prayer that I love to pray over um, our cities and our people. It's Proverbs 11, 10 through 11. It says, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. When the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Verse 11, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. A city is exalted because when the righteous prosper, they don't just keep all the blessings to themselves. They actually have a capacity to give and to serve and that blessing flows through them. So I just pray for a prosperity over you and a blessing over you that God would bless you in all that you do, all they put your hand, that you put your hands to. Yeah, and I pray that um, he would show you where to funnel that blessing and where to pour out to as well. Yeah, so I bless you guys and I just wish you the, the actually I don't know, wish you, I pray over you the, the best week of Thanksgiving, that it would actually be a week of um, healing, restoration, and great joy. Yeah, so bless you guys in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's talk. If you're interested in learning more about Studio here in Greenville, you can go check out our website, studiogreenville.com, and you can give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is studio.greenville. Have a great week.